Hey there, I'm Christina, and welcome to my podcast. Nuance Beauty is intended to be a spot where I'll capture some varied thoughts and challenge us to hold to our opinions loosely so that we can see the beauty in others and in ourselves. I want us to dive deeper into those everyday topics or those sticky topics and thoughts that we might shy away from or bulldoze over others with our opinions. Because I think if we all thought exactly the same, there would be no need for anyone else. So let's get nuanced. In these first few episodes, I'd like to lay some groundwork. Later on, we'll jump into the random topics I'm thinking about and processing. But let us start with some personal reflection and consider what's going on internally when we are in a lively conversation with someone. How do we perceive and experience the other person? And what's going on in our own head? So as we get started, I'd like to draw our attention to this question. How can we get comfortable in the nuance? As I've thought about it, getting comfortable in the nuance, I think there are three characteristics that embody the right posture to take here. These characteristics allow us to be productive in those sticky conversations and come out on the other side thankful that we had them. The characteristics are be curious, be humble, and be submissive. So let's dive in. Let's look at the first characteristic, be humble. Now, my husband and I had an interesting conversation years ago that has stuck with me. I don't recall exactly what led us down this train of thought, but we were clearly talking about how we interact with other people. And he shared that when people ask the question, how are you doing? His initial reaction is to think they really don't want to know how I'm doing. This thought had never crossed my mind because when I ask the question, I generally mean it. Now, Maybe I'm not looking for a full rundown of someone's life story or a tale of a sad, sad country song, but I do tend to genuinely want to learn how a person is doing, and that is just where my tendency is. I I don't know how to harness this desire in someone else, so I share this for you to ask yourself. Do you genuinely want to know how someone is doing? Why or why not? If you're interested in developing a friendship or growing to know that person, I'm guessing you're probably going to answer yes to this. Now, perhaps you would answer yes to some people, but in this particular place or this particular time, you'd actually answer no. Uh, An example here might be you're at a holiday Christmas party for your spouse's job, or you are gathering for an extended family reunion that only happens once in a lifetime. And these may be those times where you really aren't curious. Uh, I want to challenge you to not feel guilt or shame if the answer is no. No, I really don't want to know how you're doing. But maybe you can just hold on to kindness and niceness for now and circle back later if it's bothering you. Uh, Being aware that some people really do enjoy sparking up conversations with strangers 
while other people entirely dread it, is a crucial rep- uh, a crucial point for us to remember here. Now, for the one who is bent toward curiosity, I'd like to share some pointers. First off, we need to read the room and continue reading the room. And if all else fails, sit quietly and read the room again. Uh, When I am in a conversation and being somewhat curious and the energetic type, I generally repeat back phrases as a way of actively listening to someone speak. For some folks, I think they really appreciate this aspect. But I've learned that for other folks, this completely derails their train of thought. It may even be received as rude and interrupting. In these instances, I could connect better by being quiet and attentive without words. Another tip is be willing to go first in a conversation. This might put the other person at ease, and it might spark an idea in their mind to continue flowing through the conversation. But again, leave space for the conversation to flow in both directions. I found that there are times when I get to pour into other people, and there are times when I need to have people pour into me. There are times when I need to vent and I need to verbally process what's happening, and then there are times when I need to just show up and listen to a friend who's having a bad day. This really is a dance that is indeed nuanced with no clear answer, and it may look different on any given day with any person. Get comfortable in that. Now, about the person who seems less curious to spark up a conversation, or who would think this person really doesn't want to talk to me and they really don't want to know how I'm doing, Can I challenge you to pay attention to the people that put you at ease? Perhaps these are the people you need to focus on interacting with, and maybe over time you'll be interested in expanding your circle. Lastly, if you're feeling less interested in getting to know people, be encouraged and know that some people may actually want to know you. How cool is that? I mean, I think we can all pause and take a moment to feel some warm and fuzzies by the thought that a person truly likes me. They really want to talk to me. So when you're feeling that nudge to close off, hold on to that fact that there are people who actually want to know you. All right, let's move on to be humble. Humility is when we show up with space. For other people. We are honoring the experience and the heart of another human being who genuine, gen, genuinely deserves to be seen as much as you long to be seen. Humility is taking that posture of curiosity and it's asking questions and it's trying not to make snap judgments. When I think about humility, I would also want to describe it by considering what it isn't. It isn't proud. So a personal confession here. I struggle so much with pride. And I'm not talking about the positive sort of pride. 
where we might tell our kids that we're proud of them for scoring a goal at a soccer game, or where we might feel proud of ourselves when we did a really good job on a project at work. I'm talking about the overly confident comparison sort of pride that says, I'm the best, or I can do anything, and I don't really need anyone. The gut check here is that no one is an island, and it's really important when we get too self-sufficient or we assume that we can do it all or do it better than someone else that we remember that it's really not true. This posture of pride breaks down relationships, and it doesn't allow space for a flourishing conversation because almost always, I think that people sense that bad attitude that you have. They sense that you're closing off or you're judging, and they want to get out of that conversation. It just does not allow for conversation to flow and a comfortable setting. Moving on to the third noteworthy characteristic that I'd like us to consider, it's submission. Now, getting this far, you've probably thought, be curious, check. Be humble, check, check. Be submissive. Where are we going here? I do not get this. Now, I think submissive gets a bad rap in our culture. I think we tend to take this word to an extreme and negative place. We think, I will not be a doormat to someone, and how evil is that person for trying to take advantage of me? In this context, I agree, submission that degrades or humiliates someone is broken and it is unjust. But I think there's another way of looking at submission. We all submit to some authority or system in order for any relationship to function. Say you walk into a Starbucks and you see that there are three people in line. I'm guessing that without much fuss, you're going to take your place next in line. Now, you could simply turn around and walk out because you don't want to wait in that long line. This would be choosing not to submit to the cultural norm of waiting your turn. But if you do that, you very well are missing out on that peppermint mocha that is going to warm your soul this December. The social etiquette of waiting our turn is an unspoken agreement that allows for some structure and order. And I'd call this an example of submission. It's a willingness to not be selfish among a group of strangers or people you know. Uh, They all are craving a cup of coffee. So wait your turn in line. All right. So another example, it could be you are wanting to go to lunch with a friend and you send them a text message saying, let's do lunch. They get back to you right away and they say, I'm in. How about we go get some tacos? Hearing this, you actually had your heart set on a cheeseburger, but you decide that it's not that big of a deal whether you agree to avoid conflict or because you appreciate your friend's input, you are choosing to submit to their suggestion and agree to go grab tacos. Let's look at a harder example of submission. 
you're in a disagreement with someone. And we may think as we're in this argument, I'm smart and I formed my conclusion based on all the things I've experienced and learned. But when we find ourselves sitting in this very spot of disagreement, can we hold space to say, you may be right? Whether you say it out loud or you just mentally note it in your mind, can you do that? Can you consider that they may be right? There are a lot of things that do not have a clear right or wrong answer. A great example of this that comes up in our car all the time is driving directions. Now, leaving our neighborhood, you could turn right or you could turn left, and both will get you around the block so you can exit onto the main street. In this instance, when we are about to have this disagreement, because I would like to turn right, but my husband is driving and turns left, can I choose to accept that he may be right here or that there's not a clear right answer? That our relationship is far more important than the argument. And in my case, perhaps my ego is coming out a little bit here. Finally, for the really hard arguments that rub against the fundamental beliefs or worldview or the values we hold, uh, you may feel firmly planted and uncomfortable suggesting that the other person might be right. And I think that this is where we can grow the most in our own beliefs. Uh, it helps refine us. And the hard part here is just making space to ask questions and getting to know another person's point of view. Get to know what experiences led them to believe what they believe. And be willing to go back to the idea of being curious and being humble. And we may, in fact, be unwavering in what we believe, but we don't have to be a jerk about it. This closes the opportunity for a friendship, and it just, it, it doesn't leave space, right? It closes the chance, and the relationship is what we're focusing on here, right? With being nuanced and clinging to the beauty in people, we should actually embrace that opportunity to be refined by the others around us when we have these hard arguments or discussions. So, all right, friends, let's recap. If we can be curious and we can be humble and we can be submissive, I think we're setting the stage to get comfortable in the nuance of a conversation. So next time you are out with a friend and just having any old conversation, come back to these thoughts and reflect on them and see if you're applying them and if you could apply them a little better. Uh, I definitely think about these things and I know that there's room for improvement over here. All right, guys, every week I would like to leave us with a book recommendation. Uh, I think that books are another amazing way to help us dig into a topic and sit in some nuance. So for this first week, 
I would like to suggest a book called Try Softer, a fresh approach to move us out of anxiety, stress, and survival mode and into a life of connection and joy. This book was written by Andy Colbert, and I read it in January of 2020. And you are probably thinking, how the heck do you know when you read this book? Well, I regularly take photos of parts of a book. I usually read them via ebooks. I use uh, the library and uh, I take photos and, you know, I just keep those captions and sometimes I come back to them. So for uh, this book, I want to read a quick little section for you. It says, knowing about something is not the same as having an embodied knowledge of it. Curiosity and self-awareness matter a great deal in our journeys toward trying softer, precisely because they reveal what it is at the deepest parts of ourselves. This book came to me when my son was about three years old, right? Because his birthday is in January. So um, I... I picked this book up after hearing an interview with the author. Uh, I can't remember which podcast I was listening to, but I heard her discuss it on a podcast. And I would not typically describe myself as an anxious person. I would maybe fall in alignment with a person who is stressed and in survival mode. Uh, I tend to be highly passionate and highly reactive Um, and quick to make decisions. And this book challenged me to try softer, right? Um, It helped me pinpoint some emotions that I was totally oblivious oblivious to. And it just uh, challenged me to learn some coping mechanisms. When I was sensing myself really get stressed out, she talks about some exercises like grounding exercises. Um, an example would be if you walked into a room, you would look at three things, you would feel two things, and you would try and recognize the uh, smell of one thing. Uh, that's not exactly what she advises because I'm going off the cuff here, but it's things like that to bring yourself back to the present and to not get so caught up in your mind potentially and um, to not overstress it, right? So uh, this book was a great read. It came at a good time. And when you consider where the world was at come March of 2020, it was definitely a a prelude to a hard season. And I very much enjoyed giving it a read. So again, that book was Try Softer by Andy Culver. Thanks for listening. If you're enjoying this podcast, would you consider leaving me a review or possibly share it with a friend? And if you would like to get in touch, you can send me an email at nuancebeauty at yahoo.com. Take care until next time.